Welcome to Crime Shots. I'm Brie. And I'm Nikki. Uh, I'm hungry. Then eat some. No, I'll wait. It's kind of rude to talk and eat at the same time. I wouldn't suggest recording while you eat, but... Yeah, that's what I was saying. Okay. It's not nice. Okay, so if you spend a lot of time flipping through different streaming services to find something to watch the way that I do, you may have noticed... A little something on Hulu. The, this is not a paid advertisement, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just, it's part of the story. That's how, that's what made me, made me research this. So there is a true crime show on Hulu. Or it's a, it's a documentary. And it kept popping up on mine, like as something you may be interested in. That kind of tells you what I watch. But whatever. No, you don't say. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, so it, this popped up. Uh, if you don't know what Hulu is, it's just like Netflix, which I didn't know this, but did you know that Hulu is actually owned by Walt Disney? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. That's fine. Um, but I love Hulu. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Anyway, so I guess what drew my attention was that this, it, so it was a documentary released in October of 2020. So I guess not really that long ago. But it just started popping up on mine, so I didn't see it before. But it takes place in Texas. Uh, It follows a woman that was sentenced to death. And she's facing, like, her last chance for appeal. So, that got me thinking. uh, What happened? Like, who is she? What's going on? Right. So, I started looking at it just because, you know, I have nothing better to do with my life but then to research (sighs) random things. And then I was like, well, I'm researching it anyway. Might as well cover it on an episode, right? Right. So the documentary on Hulu is called The State of Texas versus Melissa. Netflix. Netflix, no. no Hulu. No, no. It's not on Netflix. It's on Hulu. Hulu's awesome. I love Hulu. All right. So, Melissa Lucio. Lucio. Okay. I think they say it Lucio in the documentary. I'm going to say Lucio. Um, was born July 18th, 1968 in Lubbock, Texas. So, Lubbock's like northwest Texas. Uh, Melissa was the oldest of her siblings with two sisters and three brothers. So, a lot of kids. Y'all thought I had a lot of kids. Um, they grew up poor in, uh, so listen, there's been debates on how to say this town. Okay. Harlingen? Harlingen? Harlingen. Harlingen. What? Harlingen? Is that how you Harling- say it? Harlingen. Harlingen. Anyway, she grew up in there. Uh, it's, that's like, it's like South Texas. South. Anyway, it's about like, an hour away from South Padre and like 30 minutes from the border, right? So, uh, Melissa's mom was a single mom. Like I said, very poor. Most of the time, Melissa had to take care of her siblings while her mom was working. Around 
the time she turned nine, her mom got a boyfriend who eventually moved in with them, so a live-in boyfriend, and he starts sexually abusing her. But Melissa also says that there was an actually another fem- family member that started sexually abusing her around the same time, and that went on for like three years. So her mom and her boyfriend were in a super toxic relationship. They fought all the time. All kinds of stuff's going on right in front of all the kids, right? So this is like just like a bad atmosphere. Mm-hmm. She's growing up super poor in South Texas, an abusive family atmosphere in every aspect of the word abuse. So Melissa decides she's going to get married in 1985. Okay. She's 16. So she gets married at 16. Melissa then has 14 children. With the same guy? No, no. (laughs) Oh. But she has 14 children. Okay. Okay. So the oldest... Of the children are Daniela, Melissa, John, Alexandra, Selena, Renee, Richard, and their father lives in Houston. That's the first guy that she married. Okay. And But he doesn't really have anything to do with them. And then she gets with Roberto Alvarez, and they have Robert, Gabriel, Adriana, Sarah, and Mariah. So, as you can imagine, they live in poverty as well. On top of all of this, Melissa develops a drug problem, right? So she's had issues growing up. She now has 14 children and a drug problem. So CPS comes in. Some of the older children end up getting removed for neglect because there were times like that they were homeless and they didn't have water, stuff like that. So that's the setting. All right. Okay. I've explained the background and I've explained like kind of where we stand. Right. Right. Now. On Saturday, February 17th, 2000, a 911 call is placed around 7 p.m. Authorities and paramedics arrive at the apartment and find two-year-old Mariah unresponsive in the middle of the floor. She's taken to Valley Baptist Medical Center where she's pronounced dead. The emergency room physician said that it was apparent to them that Mariah had been severely beaten. Her body was covered in bruises, scratches, and bite marks. So, it's important to note that an ER physician is not a forensic pathologist. Okay. So, in this case, the physician will turn whatever they find over to a forensic pathologist so that they can get more detailed understanding of what happened. Because the physician can only comment on what they physically see, you know, since she passed away. They're, you know, they don't do all the, you know, the scans and everything. Right. So... The chief pathologist for Cameron and Hidalgo counties, where Mariah lived, performed an autopsy. So, the pathologist is Norma Jean Farley. Uh, she's certified with the American Board of Pathology in Combined Anatomic and Clinical Pathology and Forensic Pathology. She holds a state of Texas medical license. She was a member of the Texas Forensic Science Commission from 2009 to 2011. She was on the board of editors for the American Journal of Forensic Medicine and Pathology from 2009 to 2012. She was on several committees for the National Association of Medical Examiners. She served on the Bayer and Hidalgo County's Mass Disaster Planning Committee. And she was part of the Child Fatality Review Board for Bayer, Cameron, and Hidalgo Counties from 2003 to present. Okay. So she should know what she's talking about. Right. So Norma performs the autopsy and finds the following. She finds new and old bruising on several parts of the body, contusions and bite marks on her back. One of her arms had been broken approximately two to seven weeks prior to death. Hair was missing in chunks, but not from like where 
like from like laying down it was missing like from being pulled like ripped out dehydration was present there was evidence of cocaine in her bloodstream and she had multiple contusions to the head head area so mariah's cause of death was ruled blunt force trauma to the head norma concluded that these injuries could have only been caused by some form of extreme child child abuse that is so sad Reminding me of, um, what's that documentary on Netflix? Gabriel Fernandez. Gabriel Fernandez. So, the day after the autopsy is concluded and released, Melissa and her husband Robert, or Roberto, are arrested. I'm I'm gonna be upfront and honest. Nothing that I found really says a whole lot about Roberto. Mm -hmm. Just that he was charged with injury to a child and he maintains that he has no idea what happened to her. And he just found her like that. Okay. But I cannot find anywhere where he was involved in any way or that he was even suspected of being involved in any way. So that's all I have to say about that. Melissa is questioned by investigators. She's questioned for five hours overnight. Like I think they started talking to her at like 10 o'clock at night. The whole thing's videotaped. They do play some of it during the documentary. But our episode on Crime Shots is going to be based off of court transcripts. There you go. And and not the documentary. Uh, that's going to provide a more unbiased depiction. So, just so y'all know, the documentary is like super one-sided. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. See, I haven't seen it, so. We can talk about it later, but yeah, the, it's okay. super one-sided. Anyway, so uh, Texas Ranger Victor Escalon was one of the interviewers. They asked her what happened to Mariah and why she had all the injuries. Melissa tells them that she, they recently moved and Mariah fell down some stairs. And she knew she fell down some stairs, but she seemed okay after she fell, so she didn't think anything was wrong with her. They go on to ask her, like, how she disciplines her kids, mm -hmm. but they they aren't satisfied with Melissa saying, like, she spanks them or puts them in the corner. Like, they really dig into her about how she disciplines her kids. They go so far as to bring in a baby doll, Ooh. and she they, they make Melissa show them how she spanks the baby. Oh my god. And they make her do it over and over and over again. Wow. Melissa also said that she's the only one that disciplines Mariah. Like, nobody else does. Not the, not the dad, not any of the other kids, nobody. Nobody. Yeah. They basically just show parts of the video in the documentary. Mm -hmm. What they don't show is that Melissa admits to causing the bruises on Mariah by, like, she f says that, yeah, I spank her really hard and I pinch her. Pinch. Pinch. Whatever. Ugh. People gave me such a hard time about this word at work. I should have thought about it ahead of time. Pinch. She describes a time that she was brushing Mariah's hair and got frustrated with the other kids. So she bit Mariah on the back. They don't talk about that in the documentary. Ugh. Melissa says that Mariah was sick the day that she died, but she didn't want to take her to the doctor because of all the bruises. Well, okay. Ultimately, she admits, like, to everything, and she takes responsibility and says it's her fault Mariah died. She, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Melissa goes to court for the murder of two-year-old Mariah. I mean, she's charged with capital murder. Right. They com they during court they play what is now considered the confession tape. Right. And they bring in every possible witness they can find. So I'm gonna go over what is be what was said in court. I'm gonna try to sum it up because it's a lot. Okay. So I'm gonna try to do it like 
quickly. The Texas Ranger testified about the video and was questioned about why he asked Melissa if Mariah died of head trauma. So during the video, he's like, are we going to find, you know, head trauma on the autopsy? And Melissa's like, no. The reason why they, he was questioned about this is because he, when he was questioning her at the time, he didn't know what the cause of death was. Nobody did. Even the physician at the emergency room didn't see a head contusion. Like, they had no idea that she suffered a brain hemorrhage. Wow. I don't know. They don't explain it, but that's kind of fishy to me. Like, how would he, why would he say that to her? Right. When they ask him that, he just says that in his profession, like in his line of work, he just suspected it. So, I guess. Anyway, um, another officer testified that during a phone call that he overheard Melissa having with someone, Melissa admits that it was her fault and that she did it. So, they used that as a second confession. The defense brought in a medical expert that testified Mariah's injuries could have actually been caused by a fall down the stairs. Oh. The state presented their medical professional that says the one that i talked about that says mariah was definitely hit across the head causing a brain hemorrhage right so you have two different medical professionals which we know this all too well one says that this is 100 percent the only way it could have happened right and then you have the other one that's like well she could have fallen down the stairs but they do show melissa's history as like just an individual Mm -hmm. and as a mother she was previously convicted of driving while intoxicated uh she got into several fights while in county jail and was found with contraband they also brought in a criminal investigator that testified why it would be bad to sentence a person like this to life and not the death penalty And I just feel like, I mean, it's I have my opinions. I feel like I would be all over this. Right. Basically, they're saying that if they sentence her to life, she's going to cause more problems in the system rather than if they were to just give her the death penalty. Right. The state also brought in a CPS caseworker that testified that the children had previously been removed from the home due to neglect. They pointed out that in the video, Melissa said she wasn't as close to Mariah because CPS had removed her like three weeks after she was born. Mm. So she she said she doesn't feel that connection to her. So uh, the caseworker testified to several different cases that had been reviewed on Melissa, one in 95, in 96, in 98, in 2000, in 2001, in 2002, in 2003, and 2004. Oh my god. I'm not going to talk about what's wrong with our system. They also testified that Melissa was always testing positive for cocaine, and a couple of the children tested positive for it when they were born. However, Melissa had recently tested negative all the prior year before Mariah's death. But when they searched the home, they found evidence of drugs, which was blamed on the dad. Well, yeah. But remember, I said, the autopsy revealed that that Mariah had cocaine in her bloodstream. Which, this always baffles me, because how does a baby get cocaine in their bloodstream? Unless it's intentionally given to them, or it's, like, lying around for them to get a hold of. Right. Like, what the heck? Exactly. I don't I don't know. I'm not a medical professional. I don't know how that happens. I guess there's other ways. I have no idea. The state even brought up the fact that she was receiving $5,000 a month in welfare benefits. What? Listen, this gets me, okay? Because there's been times where I struggled, and this gets me. This gets me, it hits different, okay? <laughs> I mean, I understand. Listen, she first of all, she's living in poverty anyway, and she has 14 kids. 
So I get it. But not once did I ever read that she had a job. And I mean, I'm not saying she didn't. So people don't come at me. I'm not saying she didn't. I'm just saying I didn't read anywhere that she had a job. Yeah. When I say she was living in poverty, I mean, she was not using that money for rent for sure. Like that's why the that's why CPS took her kids away sometimes because they found her living on the street mm. or they would go for a visit and her water had been cut off. So, I mean, I know like when I was younger and I first became an adult, I was living off of way less than 5,000 a month. I didn't realize people got that much. Well, see, that's what I was wondering, like, because I know you can only get so much in, like, SNAP benefits. You can only get so much in all these different things. So how, I don't know, but that's, they brought it up in court. That's how much they said she was getting. Which I feel like that's kind of messed up for them to use that against her, but in a murder charge. Like, what does that have anything to do with the fact that she murdered her allegedly? Allegedly. So, anyway, they brought in several, several different members of Melissa's family who kind of had conflicting testimonies, to be oh. honest with you. So some of them said that, oh yeah, she she could totally do it. <laughs> like, yeah, like she's not, she's struggled, she's got like mental issues, yeah. Some of them are like, no way, that's not possible. She could, she would never, she would never. discipline her kids. Right. And some of them are like, well, we were there or whatever, and her daughter did it. Like, they call out a specific child that she has an older child and said that she didn't like Mariah because she was, uh, she belonged to another man because, you know, they had different dads. Right. And she didn't have a connection to her because she wasn't there when she was first born. And they say that she pushed her down the stairs and, like, the bruises and stuff were caused by the other child. Hmm. So, to save you some trouble, the court does not dive deep into that theory at all. Okay. So, they're like, mm, okay. I don't think they... It, it almost seems like they didn't care. The court? Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, in all honesty, you have a mom who's like, no, no, no. It's my fault. Right. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So, anyway, Melissa's found guilty of capital murder. Guilty. <laughs> right. And she's sentenced to death on August 12th, 2008. Oh. That's when she was sentenced. Okay. Um, so remember how I said Melissa had 14 kids, right? Right. I only told you names of 12 of them. That's because she had her last two twins while she was in prison. Oh. Obviously, they were taken away from her when they right. were born. Uh, but yeah, she was pregnant when all this went down with twins. And so oh, she... Dear. Yeah. So her conviction was overturned in 2019. Really? Uh, yeah, saying that she was denied the right to a complete defense. It has to do with like... They gave her a psych evaluation, and that doctor's evaluation, like, so they, they weren't allowed to testify about her mental status. And so they're saying that that could have, that could have may have had an effect on the jury's decision. Okay. It's okay. The same court nullified that decision and reinstated her death sentence. Ah, okay. Uh, side note, I'm not saying that it's important to Melissa's case. I'm not saying it's not. The documentary fixates on it a little bit, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. Okay. The DA in Melissa's case actually used the fact that he got her the death sentence as a driving point for his reelection. Oh. But he's currently serving a 13 year prison sentence for bribery and extortion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So I'm not saying, you know. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Right. Okay. 
So at this point, uh, I'm pretty sure she's ex- she's exhausted all of her appeals except for the Supreme Court. Ooh. So for people that don't know, uh, the Supreme Court gets more than seven thousand requests each year. I would think it'd be more. <laughs> and well, I said more than seven thousand requests each year, and less than one hundred of those are agreed to be heard. Ooh. Slim to none. Right. So they're expecting to hear back. Here's something back from them, I think, in July, by, or by July of this year. Oh, this is, like, ongoing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah. That poor baby. And and uh, I will say this. In the documentary, they do go visit the cemetery where she's buried. Mm-hmm. And there's no marker. It's There's just, like, a tree with some flowers next <gasps> to it. Oh. Yeah. And I just, I mean, children born into that atmosphere don't ask for that. Well, no. And that's not. I mean, no child asks for anything when they're born. I mean, obviously. And so it's it's not fair that children are treated that way. And the sad thing about it is a lot of those kids will never know what was so wrong about the situation. Because regardless to whether or not this mom was abusive, and I don't know for sure if she was, that's up for the, the yeah. court to make their final decision on. The, regardless, those children weren't, those children should have been removed from, in my Absolutely. They should have been removed from that atmosphere. I'm not saying that they should have been removed forever, but they should have been removed long enough for the parents to at least develop something, some type of a better living situation for them. Yeah. Now... I would be interested if if the Supreme Court takes the case. I would be interested to see if they allow her psych evaluation to be admitted. admitted. Right. Because obviously with how her childhood was and every I mean she developed a drug problem. She has these 14 kids. Apparently her first husband was abusive and stuff like that. I'd be curious to see how that affects her mental state now. Right. I mean they interviewed her mom in the documentary. Oh, did they? And, yeah. And her mom was like, well, the court said she did it, so that's what I believed. And then she, they asked her about how Melissa says she was sexually abused when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And the mom's like, well, she, she, told, she said something to us about it, but I don't know. I don't know if it happened or not. Wow. And I just feel like, as a mom, if a kid, any kid, if a kid came up to me and said somebody sexually abused me... Mm-hmm. 100% I would take it as serious as it's already been proven that it happened. Well, yes. Oh, like, absolutely. So the That's fact that she's like... Right. So the fact that she's like, I don't know. I don't know if it happened or not. Oof. Not so I think... Right. So I think that that just has a lot to probably do with how she functions, how Melissa functions as an adult. Mm-hmm. But her kids, other than the one that's been accused of doing it all most of her kids are like they stand by her they're they're like no mom would have never done that mom loved all of us and but there's several of them that say that they told investigators that they saw mariah fall down the stairs they saw her yeah when i say fall down the stairs you have to understand what these stairs look like first of all they're super rickety okay they're outside so when she gets to the bottom of the stairs there's like a concrete block Mm -hmm. like in the ground that she would hit at the bottom okay and we're talking these are i could i could go back and count them but they're probably at least 20 30 steps up i mean it's not like a like a couple of steps up to a front door 
it's like full on up to an apartment. Right. So, I mean, if she was, you know, barely two years old and she had fallen, they said that she was prone to falling because she had something wrong with one of her legs. Like one of her feet was like turned in. Mm -hmm. So when she walked, she, I mean, and obviously a two year old's going to fall all the time anyway, because they're just learning how to walk. Right. Right. And so they said she fell all the time so that she was always covered in bruises from falling. But the kids, like all of these kids flat out said she fell all the time. Like we watched her fall down those stairs. I mean, but how, how, don't get me wrong. I, I get the accidents happen and parents look away for a second and an accident happens. But if they're saying that it happened several times, she always fell down the stairs. Well, no, no, no. They're not saying she always fell down the stairs. They're she, saying always she always fell, fell. down. Yeah. And, oh. but, they're, but they're saying that they were there the day she fell down the stairs. So they saw it. I would think that the court wouldn't... I don't know. Well, so, so that's, what, that's what, her, what Melissa's defense was trying to say. They were saying that, is she guilty of being like a neglectful mom? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But is she, did she knowingly and intentionally murder her child? No. Right. Is, that's what they're saying. And I just feel like... Yeah, but but how do you explain the bite marks and... Well, she admitted to the bite marks. That's what throws me for a loop. Because when you sit there and you look at it from that perspective, like, okay, well, she possibly could have fallen down the stairs. Is she a neglectful mom? Yeah. Like, should she be punished for that? Absolutely. Right. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then you think about... She, on tape, admits to biting her child in the back on more than one occasion. I just want to I just want to take those babies. She admits she admits to pinching them. Right. To like she said she would pinch them when they got in trouble. I've never in my life pinched my kid as a punishment. I don't know. And now her oldest daughter, the one who uh basically helped her take care of these kids and said she was there and all that stuff, she now has nine children. Wow. I mean, I'm all for a big family, but when I'm just, listen, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Some people are going to hate me for this. When you cannot afford to take care of them and yourself, you need to stop having kids. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Like, stop it. You know, put a put a penny between your knees and hold it there. Well, we know that doesn't work. Well, I'm just saying, there's other ways to prevent it from happening. And with $5,000 a month and welfare benefits, you can afford birth control. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't know. I guess it's just one of those situations where, like, we know people that have that struggle to have children, but then there's other people that they're just popping them out like Eminem's. I know. How do I mean? It's not fair, and it's weird. I don't know. But I think all of these kids ended up like getting split up and taken to different homes. I don't know. So, but they've never they've never met the twins that she gave birth to. Those were taken by the state, and so the family never never met them. So, yeah, it's a, I mean, this is just a, an interesting case. I was. That's interesting. And I haven't heard that. Yeah. I had not heard it either until I saw the thing pop up on my Hulu and it was like, watch this, watch this. You know, you want to watch this. And so I watched it and I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe let me find out the other side of the story. So if you decide to watch it, just keep in mind that they do not talk about everything that actually happened. But you can... I mean, a lot of times those documentaries are one-sided anyway, so... That's what I love about, like, certain podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. Crime Shots, for example. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, I mean, I love Payne Lindsay. Yeah. He 
he will put the facts out there and he doesn't care who it offends. He doesn't care, uh, you know, what side people are on. He's just like, these are the facts. That's it. Take with it what you will. Right. But with these documentaries, they clearly are advocating on behalf of someone. So it's, it's very one-sided. And I understand that they're trying to like, trying to convince the Supreme Court to take Melissa's case. That's the whole point of it. I understand that's what they're doing. But at the end of the day, are you potentially putting a murderer back on the street? Right. Intentional or unintentional murderer? I mean, at the end of the day, she's, she was still a super neglectful parent. And this even if the child had fallen down the stairs, and, I mean, did, I mean, I don't know, she should have noticed the contusion on her head or something. Well, yeah. Do we know who called 911? I think it's the dad. The dad. I, because he I'm said not, he just came home and... And she was it. like, yeah, she was just laying there. What one of the uh, medical examiners said is that she had been sick all day, and so, like, they tried to feed her, but she wouldn't move. And she kept, like, clenching her jaw, and they're saying that that's consistent with head trauma, and she was seizing. She was having oh. seizures. And, like, so do I think necessarily if she fell down the stairs that Melissa should be charged with intentional murder? No. But should she be charged with some serious stuff for neglecting her child? Absolutely. Absolutely. So either way, do I think that the lady needs to be set free? No, I don't. Right. <laughs> because I think either way, I mean, even let's let's say someone else did it. Let's say that the 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 theory that the, her daughter intentionally pushed the child off of the stairs. Right. And Melissa's just covering for her. She shouldn't. She should have been there to not let that happen. She right. should have taken her to the hospital after it happened. She, you, you see what I'm saying? Right. So either way, she should still be locked up, in my opinion. No, I agree. Um, Sounds harsh, but... Yeah. And they said that... Um, so, yeah, so she she was just laying there. They tried to feed her. She wouldn't eat. And they said that she was covered in bruises. And he said that when he found her, she was laying in the middle of the floor. Like, nobody was around, and she just wasn't breathing. And then, uh, obviously, they questioned, you know, paramedics when they get there. And the paramedics said that the mom didn't even... She wasn't even over by the daughter. Oh. Like, she was just, like, standing off, like, watching. She just, like, doesn't care. Right. And so, obviously, they used that against her in court because they're saying that she didn't present the signs of a concerned mother. Well, but they also say everybody reacts differently to trauma. And so, right, but they I will mean, totally really... use that against you in court. Well, yeah. <laughs> however you choose, they say people react differently, but however you choose to react, they will 100% use that against, use that you, in court. against you in court. If she had overreacted and been like all up on her and all that kind of stuff, they would use that against her in court and been like, she was over over exaggerating in right. an attempt to overcompensate for her lack of care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, anybody can turn that around. So, True. I don't know. I it, It's just sad that CPS is not capable of taking all the steps that they necessarily need to take to prevent stuff like this from happening. I know. And I've, I've said it a thousand times. They don't, they're not allowed to do anything until it's too late. And that's what sucks. That is what's awful. Like, it's almost impossible to take a child from their mother. Mm-hmm. There's got to be serious, serious, and even, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't, I just don't understand it. Right. And that, I mean, it's just, it's too easy to, to get away with, with a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And I feel like, even like, 
back in the day, like when we were younger and stuff like that, yeah, we got whooped. And now you can't do that to kids. Yeah. Because you'll get CPS called on you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when CPS is called on a situation that really needs it, they can't do anything. Right. Because there's been all this, you know, people, it's it's a it's a crying wolf situation. Like, you cry wolf so many times on things that, you know, are not serious. Then when there are serious things, they can't do anything. Right. And I'm not saying every child needs to get a spanking. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. There were times where Bradley needed a spanking, and she got one. There were times but you don't I bite her on her back. I don't. I don't exactly. bite her. And now she's old enough. She'd bite me back, probably. But I mean, you you remember me as a teenager? I deserved it. If I if I got a spanking, I was oh, bad. Oh, you did. You deserved it. Yeah. And I'm so sorry, mom. <laughs> I promise, I'm getting it. I'm getting it back tenfold right now. These kids are horrible. I disagree. <laughs> you don't think they're as bad as I was? No. <laughs> well, maybe no. not. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. We'll we'll keep an eye out uh, and find out what happens. See if the same see if the Supreme Court takes her case, and we'll uh, we'll do an update and see see what happens see to what happens Melissa. To yeah, yeah. So that will that will be it. Well, on to the next. Here we go. <laughs>